Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about cybersecurity during a merger and acquisition. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Steve Chabinski. He's the General Counsel and Chief Risk Officer with CrowdStrike. Steve, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Let's start with kind of a scene setter here. What do you find that organizations are currently doing when it comes to cybersecurity due diligence in the M&A space? I'm really glad that you're asking about this because this is an increasingly hot topic, certainly on the minds of the C-suite, corporate boards, and law firms. As a result, what we're seeing as a cybersecurity consulting firm is that more attention is being paid to cyber due diligence. It generally focuses on three core areas. I'd say that first, companies that are looking to be acquired are actually paying more attention to conducting reviews and, and putting their solutions in place as a matter of routine, you know, before all of the due diligence happens, that'll demonstrate that they have good security practices in place to a potential suitor. And fortunately, it's also just good cybersecurity, period, regardless of whether there's a merger or acquisition, you know, because it, it helps preserve the value of the business, right? <laughs> it's good to actually have good cybersecurity, whether or not you're looking to be acquired one day. But then secondly, of course, the companies that are engaging in acquisitions are playing much closer attention to due diligence questions that relate to cyber, really in a way that previously wasn't a significant part of the deal-making process. And then finally, even in the cases where the acquisitions are occurring without an in-depth cybersecurity review and the acquiring company is deciding simply to absorb that level of risk, what we're seeing is a lot of attention being paid to conducting a post-acquisition security review prior to merging the corporate networks. Steve, how can organizations on both sides of the deal better prepare for their cyber due diligence? Uh, let me try to look at it then from yeah from, from either side. I'll start from uh, the perspective of a company that's considering an acquisition because there needs to be a solid relationship between an acquiring company's outside counsel, which is actually conducting the due diligence, and an experienced cybersecurity firm. Um, so we, we're, for example, able to help a law firm ask the right questions, make sure they're getting back all the logical information that you would expect would be responsive to those types of requests, and then finally help assess the risk associated with the purchase when you see uh, what a company is doing with regard to security and, and what they're seeing in their environment. So keep in mind that you know, risk can span a pretty wide gamut in this area. Depending on the type of company to be purchased, they could have regulatory requirements that are or aren't being met or perhaps the company already experienced a breach that required that they provide notification, but they failed to give that notice. So that's something that you'd want to look for. Uh, there could be foreign hackers that are currently active on their network, stealing their actual property uh, in ways that could then be used to compete against them in emerging markets and make the transaction deal far, far less valuable. Or perhaps ransomware is lying dormant that, you know, as soon as you have your acquisition, everything's deleted or, or shut down. So th there's really a wide span of risk in this area. So knowing these things in advance of an acquisition, it provides the purchaser uh, with the ability to factor it into the final price or perhaps instead have the target company take steps to correct them prior to an acquisition. It's like buying a house, right? It, you know, you could either get money back and say, okay, I'll do it after I buy the house. Or you could say, you know what, uh, until you correct these things, and I know that they actually are correctable, I I'm not going to make the purchase. Or at a minimum, even if you don't change the value or, or get it fixed in advance, the acquiring company 
would be prepared to address them immediately post-acquisition so they're in a spot to just jump in and and take care of it. It's like, again, like the house, right? You know that there are going to be certain repairs that you're going to have to make before you move in. And that's okay, right, as long as you're aware of them. And then from the other perspective, the perspective of the company being acquired, I think it's important to make sure that the IT security staff is given as much advance notice as possible so they're going to be able to respond to requests in a timely manner while they're still conducting their day job, right? I mean, so a lot of the questions that are kind of come down in due diligence, it's not as though, you know, your financial team is going to be able to answer them. They're very IT-centric. And so the the CIO's office, the CISO's office, they need to know to expect this and to be dedicating time to getting these answers back, you know, in, in, in a timely fashion and accurately. Sometimes they should prepare for a lot of things in advance. You know what's going to come, right? They should have a folder prepared that they could pre-populate with the obvious requests for copies of recent security audits, incident reports, incident response plans, data breach response plan. Um, and, you know, they should be prepared to show how they're managing their vendors, which is a big issue. You see news stories where the company has its security down pretty well, but based on a breach that was related either to the vendor controlling some of that company's uh, data, so that the breach doesn't even have to involve the target's network, but the fact that the target company employs a third-party service to do some of their work or hold some of their data, that they get breached and the obligation remains with the um, with the seller to, to make good on whatever uh, confidentiality provisions they have, or because there's an interconnectivity between the systems of the vendor and the um, company to be acquired. And so, you know, I think a lot of focus might um, increasingly be paid not merely on the acquired company itself and security, but how it's managing the vendor process and passing along cybersecurity requirements, you know, through them. And also, as you know, both parties need to focus on protecting the communications about the merger and acquisition talks themselves. So we've seen companies and even their outside counsel that are specifically targeted by hackers to gain the insider trading information. We've read recently about this um, in, in, in the press, where it's a big deal. The FBI got involved um, because hackers were looking for insider trading information. So just being part of an M&A deal, whether you're buying a company, selling a company, advising a company, or providing other related services to you know a company that's involved in M&A, having that confidential merger and acquisition data in your possession makes you an attract target to hackers. Well, Steve, we talked about preparation. What should companies expect during the due diligence process? Unfortunately, I haven't seen a single standard emerge for cyber due diligence, um, which would be the you know the best answer that I could give. Is, this is it. So, uh, unfortunately, that's not the case at the moment. There's really a wide range out there in terms of the level of attention this is getting, and as a result, what a company should expect. Um, still, I, I think there are some fundamentals here. At a minimum, the first thing that the buyer is going to want is a strong set of representations and warranties in the purchase agreement regarding the seller's cybersecurity policies and procedures. So, so this is really the gotcha moment, right? You're, you're going to get the seller to give all of these promises to the acquirer, and then if it turns out that any of that is wrong, you know, they're going to go after the, the seller and say, hey, you know, you misrepresented this, right? So they're also going to want the seller to fully disclose any known existing issues. So, you know, the seller better make sure that their reps and warranties are being checked out, not only by their lawyers, but by their InfoSec team, their CIO's office, the IT staff, before they sign off. Uh, otherwise, they're going to risk being in breach. If the seller wants added assurances in this regard that they're not attesting to things that aren't accurate, meaning that 
they're not signing away reps and warranties that will turn out not to be the case, then they actually would do well to have a security consulting firm on there and reviewing the reps and warranties as against the company's actual policies, procedures, and security posture. The same thing holds true, by the way, even though we're not talking about um, cyber insurance here, but I would it's a good place to add that if your company is purchasing cybersecurity insurance, oftentimes those have reps and warranties as well. And it would be a good idea to make sure that your IT folks are focused on that so that, you know, you don't end up losing out on a potential insurance claim because you weren't doing what you said you would be doing uh, in your insurance policies, reps, and warranty. So, and, and the buyer, they're also going to want to understand the nature of any previous or ongoing security incidents and determine what the seller did to resolve them. I mean, hopefully they've resolved them. Security consulting firms can help buyers determine whether the seller went you know, far enough, uh, not only to remediate an incident, but also to spot the incident in the first place, right? Did, did five days go by or 200 days go by before the company realized that it had an intrusion? Um, and so, you know, security uh, consulting services uh, like ours for buyer, you know, when we're helping a buyer, uh, we're there to ensure that the seller doesn't benefit from a head-in-the-sand approach in which they actually can represent that they didn't find any incidents, but the truth is that they had no ability to detect the breach in the first place, and they purposely decided they were better off not knowing so they wouldn't have to disclose it. That's not a good situation, you know, from a buyer's perspective. Uh, and so, you know, th- that would need to be fleshed out during the, the due diligence uh, cycle. And, you know, for buyers that want a more in-depth review of the target security posture, uh, we have vulnerability assessments, penetration testing services that show how things work in practice, not merely on paper, right? Because before we were talking about you're going to have a folder, it's going to have all your policies in place, but that doesn't necessarily translate to how they're being implemented. And in today's environment, one of the areas that shows cybersecurity maturity is how quickly a company detects and responds to an incident. And sooner or later, something is likely to happen. You might not necessarily get faulted because there was an incident. real question is, what did you do about it? And that could provide more comfort during the M&A process than a company that simply says it never had an incident, so they can't express how they would respond or how resilient they are. It, it almost is unbelievable if you're going to be hearing that from the buyer side. It's actually more comforting to say, okay, this is what has happened when we've seen events. This is how we've responded and showing that you know how to handle the risk and remain resilient. So you talk about this a little bit more from the acquiring company's perspective. Are there key risk factors that they're focusing on with cyber due diligence? Yeah, you know, if, if I were to boil it down to one word, it's, it's something that I, I just mentioned a little bit earlier. It's the word maturity. The acquiring company wants to see an organization that recognizes cybersecurity as a business risk. It's not just an IT issue. They want to see that reasonable steps are in place to prioritize that risk and to brief senior management on that risk. And they should have plans in place to continuously get better in mitigating that risk, right? Good cybersecurity risk management practices that are mature, they're iterative. They're a process. They improve over time. The company learns from it. So that's something that an acquiring company is going to look for, the health of the entire program. And, you know, during the M&A process, uh, you need to find out, you know, all of that information without creating an unacceptable delay. At the end of the day, both parties want this transaction to happen. It, it, no one wants it to be derailed. So at the beginning, there is the hope that, you know, what the acquiring come from the acquiring company's perspective, and of course as well from the, from the seller's perspective, that it could all be done with a paper exercise. The buyer is going to want to see all the typical policies and plans in place, find out whether they actually are being implemented, 
They may want to assess the culture of the organization with respect to training, which also could be a compliance concern if it's not being done or not being done right. Acquirers may ask to see vendor agreements, security audits, whether there were any prior cyber insurance claims made, as well as a company's current security configurations and their incident logs and any risk assessments that may already have been done. And they acquire, you know, their legal counsel, which is, you know, really steering the ship. They're going to be reviewing some of that, but they can't make sense of all of it. So an independent security consultant typically would be needed either to validate the target company's security approach or to point out any material gaps in their program. And, you know, this kind of paper exercise, it doesn't, unfortunately, it's not like you get one piece of paper and that's the end of it. Usually there are follow-up questions, you know, it might be about encryption or mobile device management and the like. But that's no different really than the rest of the due diligence process, like with financials, where there's going to be the first round of questions and then that leads to, you know, other questions. You know, that's how that process goes. But so now, you know, what happens if there are red flags? What are they looking for? So, you know, then the process might actually move away from being a purely paper exercise and the buyer might seek an independent security consultant to do on-network testing and get the results back to them to show, you know, what is the security really uh, like on the ground. Now, from the perspective of the seller, everything is under NDA. The whole due diligence process is under NDA. So that, that would be included. So that's not an additional concern. But, of course, from the from everyone's perspective, it certainly would be a problem if there was an adversary that's present at the moment or maybe for some time in the target company's environment. You know, the longer the attacker has been in the network, if that's what's found, you know, the longer they had to steal information, to alter information, to install back doors, ways of getting back in through the corporation. Uh, you know, maybe we were talking about ransomware before. They could potentially disrupt the seller's networks. And then they could potentially disrupt the buyer's networks if there's a plan to consolidate both of them. So, you know, the, you know, the, the final point I'd make here, of, you know, what is, what is the risk, the factors that they're looking at? If you've got security where they find that there's an incident ongoing, uh, that, gets back, that gets back to the ability of the target company to detect and mitigate attacks. And if there's a view that they really aren't able to do that, it, it might actually reduce confidence in the overall program. So, you know, that, that's the thing that you hope doesn't happen during an M&A, that, you know, there, there's actually something going on at the moment that wasn't discovered and that, you know, paints a broader picture of how the security efforts have been going, um, you know, up to that point. Well, Steve, what if is something is discovered? How likely is that to be a deal breaker? <laughs> you know, something, you know, it's all in the, in the word something. So, so certainly the, the question itself, certainly expresses that, you know, cybersecurity problems certainly could impact a deal. And it could do so in a number of ways. That, that's generally thought of as, as, as a problem by deal makers. I saw a recent survey of over 200 deal, deal makers across various industries. It was worldwide. And roughly two-thirds of them said that a cyber incident mid-deal or even the identification of a past data breach that they didn't, that they hadn't otherwise been aware of but during the due diligence process, um, could impact the transaction. Of course, you know, it all depends on what's found. But if something is found, there's usually an order to what's going to happen next. So during the deal, the buyer typically would have the option of terminating the transaction altogether, which I think is less likely. You know, the parties are at the table for a reason. But certainly the terms of the deal, including the value of the deal, really could change. And it's also possible that it could delay a deal if the buyer wants to see certain issues resolved prior to completing the transaction. Now, after the deal is done, right, so it's not like, you know, so the deal could actually get done, but that doesn't mean that all the cybersecurity issues go away. 
the first thing that an acquiring company is going to do if a problem happens at this later point is to look at the seller's representations and warranties to see if there was a breach. And if there was, if the seller said, you know, we say that, you know, there was encryption and end encryption um, or any other number of, of things that they say were in place that turns out not to be the case, the buyer can still make a claim for indemnification uh, if the seller made misrepresentations. So getting back to a previous point that those, you know, from, a, from the seller's perspective um, and the buyer's perspective, making sure those representations and warranties uh, both are getting what the acquirer needs and are accurate from the seller's perspective uh, is a hugely important aspect here. Steve, if you can share some closing thoughts with me. How can organizations be better prepared in this area to make sure that cybersecurity does not delay or derail the entire M&A process? Yeah, so the good news is nobody wants a delay or, or derailment, so everyone's looking to get to yes. But from the perspective of a company that's looking to be acquired, right, so the seller, you know, the answer is easy. You know, if, if you know you're out there and, and, and someone from the outside is going to be examining you, you know, make sure that cybersecurity is a business concern and that, you know, that the areas that a purchaser would be looking for, they really should be the same areas that the company should be concerned with itself, regardless of whether they're being sold. Yeah, I look at it as being similar to keeping good financial records, right? A company doesn't follow generally accepted accounting principles and, and hire outside auditors so that they could get through due diligence one day. They do it because it's good business. And the same thing holds true here for cybersecurity. Good cybersecurity is good business, and being prepared is good for your business, um, and it's certainly going to get you through due diligence very quickly. The way I look at it is how are you briefing your own C-suite? How are you briefing your own board of directors? If you're doing that well, then that's really um, what you can expect from what an outside acquirer is going to be looking for as well. You're, you're really more than halfway home uh, if you're doing a good job. Um, and you know, from the perspective of a company that's looking to make a purchase, the acquirer side, I think it's absolutely important from a preparation perspective to have outside legal counsel um, and outside security consultants in the process who know what to ask for and know how to interpret it in relation to the value of the deal. When you, when you think about the typical due diligence process, it didn't involve cybersecurity. So um, a lot of expertise is needed here, um, and expertise is available, but it's important to have that prepared in advance. It's also a good idea uh, for the acquirer to bring their own CIO into the mix. You know, obviously the CFO is always in the mix. The general counsel is in the mix. But, you know, it's good to get your CIO in the mix, especially if there are plans to join the networks together of the two companies rather than keep them isolated. And I think the most important thing for the acquirer is to truly appreciate that this is important. This issue is material to the value of the deal. They shouldn't overlook it. It's not, shouldn't be a side thought. No company or its shareholders want to be surprised after an acquisition, right, to discover that they just took on the liabilities, you know, in this area. It's similar to, you know, doing an acquisition and then all of a sudden finding out that you acquired an EPA Superfund site that contained hazardous waste. You know, cybersecurity, it could be just as messy as a landfill, right? I mean, if I'm going to continue the metaphor here, right, getting due diligence wrong in this area really stinks. So it's important to get it right. It's an, and it's, it's easy to do, I think, if you have the right focus and the right advisors, regardless of which side of the transaction you're on. Steve, tell me where CrowdStrike comes into the picture here. What do you bring to the table in terms of products, services that will help organizations get through this process? Well, you know, we were talking about the fact how you, you really do need strong cybersecurity consulting firms here, and, and CrowdStrike's power in this area. We've got 
uh, professional services teams. We've got an intelligence component of knowing what the threats are to particular industries. And we have technology um, that really uh, instantly is designed to determine whether there are activities on a network um, that would indicate uh, hackers. And we also have the capabilities to assess the cybersecurity plans, the representations and warranties, uh, and how they relate to what a company is actually doing. We offer organizations merger and acquisition cyber risk assessments specifically that are delivered from our professional services team. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, from, from a look at what we do, you know, our mission is to help organizations stop breaches. And we do that with our professional services team, our intelligence, our next generation endpoint protection. But ultimately, you know, the goal, whether you're involved in a merger and acquisition or not, in terms of, of security is to prevent attacks, whether it's being uh, committed by malware or whether it's malware free, uh, and to detect any threats that you have against an organization. So in the M&A uh, process, uh, we make sure that we're in there, whether we're working on behalf of the acquirer or we're working on behalf of the seller, to ensure that everybody knows um, what the network environment looks like and that they have a plan in place to quickly address any gaps in the process, um, any potential threats that remain on the network so that business can continue. And that, I think, is the key, that um, when you get a cybersecurity firm involved in the M&A process, you want to make sure that their focus is ensuring that the deal can get done, making sure that a company can get back to the business of business, right? It's not about cybersecurity at the end of the day. It's about business. And I believe that CrowdStrike does that better than anybody, and we get businesses back to business fast, and that's our focus during the M&A process. Steve, thanks so much for your time and your insight. Thank you. We've been talking about cybersecurity during an M&A. I've been speaking with Steve Chabinski, General Counsel and Chief Risk Officer with CrowdStrike. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.